0: Sometimes it seems impossible to love our enemies. But Peter Yasek learned something about that topic while in prison in Sudan. When we pray for our enemies, it can change our hearts.
1: I remember when I was surrounded by six ISIS members and I uh, didn't know from which side they will hit me, kick me uh, with their legs or... Uh, slap my face or hit me with their f- fists to my face. I was praying that the Lord would reveal Himself to the Lord, to them as the Lord, Savior, and God.
0: Jesus never promised His followers an easy path. In fact, He told His disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of His followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help. Right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Are you preparing your children or those you disciple for persecution? How can you prepare them? Those are just a couple of questions we'll explore today here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I'm Todd Nettleton, excited to bring you a conversation I recorded with Peter Yacek. You may have heard him tell his dramatic story before here on VOM Radio. He was imprisoned in Sudan because of the work he was doing for Voice of the Martyrs, and in the name of Jesus there, he was jailed alongside ISIS fighters who mistreated and humiliated him. Not long ago, I talked with him about what we can learn from his experiences. I talked with Peter as a part of the Imprisoned for Christ virtual event, You can still view the event when you go to persecution.com slash event, and I would highly encourage you to watch as three former prisoners for Christ share their experiences with God and with suffering during their time in prison. Again, that website is www.persecution.com slash event. I began the conversation with Peter asking about the way his parents had prepared him for persecution. Peter's father was a pastor in the Czech Republic when that country was under communist rule. I asked how that may have prepared Peter for his imprisonment in Sudan.
1: Thank you, Todd. Um, In fact, I'm so grateful to the Lord for the preparation that he uh, uh, allowed me to go through in my life. First of all, I'm so thankful to the experience of my own parents, you know, after they were interrogated and when they shared their experience. uh, And uh, I just Was listening and uh, remembering their experience uh, when they were interrogated by the communist secret police. In fact, the secret police interrogation is very similar in all the countries and I was so encouraged, you know, and felt uh, the Lord's presence and guidance of the Holy Spirit when I was Uh, being interrogated uh, by the Sudanese secret police on my own. Uh, But there was much more to prepare me for uh, my own persecution, uh, my own um, suffering uh, in the Sudanese uh, prison. I think uh, that was because of all the stories uh, that I heard uh, so many times from persecuted Christians, Uh, hearing about their courage Uh, how they went through the difficult time, where they did uh, find the strengths uh, for these uh, uh, moments uh, of uh, uh, hardship in their lives. And uh, of course when I was in prison and I was in harsh conditions, there was one moment uh, right um, uh, within the first month when I was so sad, especially because I was arrested on December 10th and I missed the first, uh, very first Christmas. Uh, I was not uh, with my family on Christmas. And on the Christmas day, actually, uh, the Lord reminded me one uh, very specific story when I felt like alone and uh, sorry for myself, maybe, that I could not be with my family. I was uh, in the prison with six ISIS members and they were ridiculing me uh, making fun of me at the time. I felt sorry and uh, I remember that uh, the Lord brought before my spiritual eyes uh, the picture of one uh, Nigerian boy, 13 year old uh, Nigerian boy, his name is Danjuma and uh, he suffered a lot Uh, and this is what uh, the readers of my book can read the detailed story but uh, uh, he was uh, blinded by uh, the Muslim extremists Uh, uh, he was uh, brutalized on his body that uh, probably it's difficult even to speak about that in public Uh, and he was left for dead and uh, yet you know um, when I met him and I interviewed him I saw his deep smile on his face, and uh, I was so amazed by his words, spontaneous words, when he said, I have forgiven to those who have done to me. And uh, when the Lord brought this picture that I took uh, with my own camera, and the picture that appeared on the cover page of the VOM newsletter, and the Lord reminded me, I was ashamed of my feeling pity for myself in the prison cell. I knew that sooner or later I will be released from prison, but this boy, he will remain blind unless the Lord makes a miracle and heals him uh, until his death or until the resurrection. Uh, And so I immediately started to pray uh, for him. And uh, suddenly my own burden uh, became much more bearable in prison when I thought about him. And as the time spent in prison uh, became longer and longer, uh, the Lord reminded me of many other imprisoned believers, like especially uh, Christians from Eritrea uh, that I personally met. And at that time when I was in the Sudanese prison, they were already 12. Uh, years in prison, and so also I started to pray uh, for those who were in prison longer time than me. And suddenly, my own time in prison d- didn't seem to be so long.
0: I think it's fascinating that both you and Andrew Brunson uh, took inspiration from Richard Wormbrand. You uh, talked about reading Richard's book even as a as a young man, as a teenager what what were particular things or particular truths that you took out of Richard's writings uh, that that became more real or more helpful to you when you were in prison in Sudan?
1: I read uh, uh, Richard uh, Wurmbrand's book in God's underground when I was a high school uh, student and uh, at that time it was right after uh, my parents were interrogated and I was afraid of this new situation when uh, the persecution started openly in our lives. And my father gave me this book with the words, read this book, it will encourage your faith. And I have to say that uh, reading Richard Wombrand's book, In God's Underground, really encouraged my personal faith. And uh, there were passages that I was reminded of by the Holy Spirit when I was in prison. And especially there was uh, one moment uh, when I was put uh, after being rescued uh, from nearly being waterboarded by the ISIS members and being rescued from the cell uh, by one of the guards whom the ISIS people hated and he also made fun of me frequently. I felt like Daniel when he was taken out from the lion's den. I was suddenly free, even though I was in a freezing cell, tortured with the cold air by the guards, and being in a really filthy cell. In that moment, you know, I especially remembered Richard Wimbrandt's time that he spent in solitary confinement. He spent uh, nearly three years in solitary confinement and one story from his book when he was in solitary confinement he was experiencing the supernatural presence of the Lord or the angels. I think that was my first thought when the doors of the freezing cell got locked behind me and suddenly I started to shiver from the cold that they were blowing on me and being in only in short sleeves t-shirt. At that time I thought about uh, maybe the Lord will show me something, I will see something supernatural. Uh, but shortly after that, I felt like ashamed. Why do I need to ask Lord for that? I was assured that the Lord was with me. He showed that so many times, especially by rescuing me from the midst of the ISIS people when they wanted to torture me with waterboarding. But uh, right uh, after that, you know, when I felt like ashamed uh, asking for a sign from the Lord or seeing something supernatural, I really did, because I was in the freezing cell, but suddenly I felt like the moment when someone from behind would put a pre-warmed heavy coat on me after I've spent some time outside in the chilling winter. And this moment, you know, when I felt the warmth from around me, surrounding me in this freezing cell, spontaneously the following words came out of my mouth. You know, I said uh, spontaneously, My Lord, my God. And I was uh, ashamed. And I have also experienced uh, kind of uh, amazing privilege uh, in the uh, last But One Prison, when I was in Al-Huda, that uh, representatives of the Czech Voice of the Martyrs sent me the kind of smuggled version of Richard Wurmbrand's book, If Prison Walls Could Speak. And I can tell you that I have read that book um, maybe 25 years uh, uh, before I was in prison. But when I read this book in prison, I had tears in my eyes because The words from that book spoke in a completely different way to me. And I realized that the same thoughts and theological thinking that uh, Richard Wurmbrand experienced in prison, I was experiencing something similar in al Huda prison.
0: Peter, how how would you advise us to love our enemies? Because uh, you were in a cell with ISIS fighters. They were getting ready to waterboard you, and yet the call of God is for us to love those who persecuted us, to to actually love our enemies. How would you advise us, or or how would you equip us to be able to do that wherever we're at? Most of us, obviously, not in a prison cell with ISIS fighters, but we still are called on to love the people who oppose us. Uh, Give us some advice about how to do that.
1: In fact, this is a very difficult uh, question in one sense. it is maybe easy to say uh, that we are supposed to forgive uh, our enemies and love our enemies. Uh, like, just imagine what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 5, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In fact, a prayer for those who are persecuting you is a tremendous help. I remember when I was surrounded by six ISIS members and I uh, didn't know from which side they will hit me, kick me w- uh, with their legs or uh, slap my face or hit me with their f- fists to my face. I realized that when I was praying for them, I was praying, the Lord showed them to me as desperate and uh, a people who are needing uh, the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ and who are in blindness uh, I was praying that the Lord would reveal the truth to them. In other words, that he will reveal himself to, the Lord, to them as a Lord, Savior, and God. Uh, the Lord also allowed me to view them from a different perspective, not only from as those people who were beating and torturing me, but uh, sometimes during the night when they could not sleep and they were uh, praying in a quite noisy way and I uh, woke up, Uh, I pretended I was still sleeping, but I was uh, watching them how they had tears in their eyes. Uh, I had another good reason to pray for them and to view them as human beings, even though they behaved like uh, they would not be normal human beings. Uh, And in fact, uh, this is uh, the command uh, from our Lord Jesus that we should love our enemies. There is no other religion in in this world that would teach its followers to love their enemies than Christianity. and That makes us Christians different from other religious people.
0: One of the things about your story that I think is, is really significant and really special is how you had prepared your family to face this time of persecution. You had prepared them in advance for the possibility that you would be arrested and you could go to prison for a long period of time. I'd like you to share a little bit about how you did that. How did that preparation happen, uh, that that they were ready to respond in a godly way and, and really not to lose hope and not to lose heart when the day came that you were actually arrested and you did get sent to prison? How did you prepare your family for that?
1: I grew up under persecution, so I was well prepared for persecution and uh, when I had a family and we have two children, uh, since they were small children, I already started to travel to meet uh, persecuted brothers and sisters and to interview them. And when they grew up a little bit so that they could travel with me, uh, they also accompanied me on uh, on my trips. In one sense, you know, there are countries that are not uh, typically touristic countries uh, for Europeans, like, let's say, Algeria. And when I was uh, repeatedly asking for visas for Algeria, there was a good excuse to take uh, second time my wife, third time to take my daughter, and then to take my son. It was a good excuse. So both of my children got exposed uh, to uh, the persecuted church quite early in their age. And uh, later on, when our daughter was at the medical university uh, studying to be a doctor, she also joined me for one trip to Nigeria, where she could accompany our medical director, an associate professor from the United States, who uh, allowed her to really put her hands on the patients and do the bandages and review the wounds. And uh, he was always asking her uh, many questions uh, from the medical field. I think that was a life-changing experience, uh, or when she could, uh, or my son, uh, they could uh, talk to the same age uh, children, uh, young people, and they shared their persecution stories with them. I am sure that that brought a, a irreversible change, positive change in their lives and uh, in their f- following of Christ, no matter what will happen in our lives. And this is an amazing moment, you know. In one sense, uh, I have to say that uh, my wife and my children got used to the routine. Uh, I left for a short trip. Uh, usually, I accomplish everything there. And I return exactly on the same uh, date as uh, I left uh, the copy of the airline reservation uh, at home with them. Uh, but. Uh, when you uh, realize it's like a routine, uh, you get used to it and you start to uh, not to see the danger, the potential danger that may happen. Uh, there were occasions where I was very close to frontline, I was very close to places that were attacked uh, or I, was, I just left a place that got attacked uh, uh, some time later. Uh, Those moments, you know, I would say that I didn't always share with my family. I didn't want to frighten them too much. Uh, But they were hearing, when I shared the stories of those persecuted people, even those heroes of faith, those who have lost parts of their own bodies. So I could say that my family was quite well exposed to the persecution. But when it became a reality and I did not return, I think that was a completely new situation for them, and even though they may be well prepared for that, by seeing what happened on my previous trips, they needed uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit, encouragement of other brothers and sisters who visited us, who shared uh, their encouragement through emails, phone calls, and text messages, and they really appreciated that.
0: People prayed for you while you were in prison in Sudan, people literally around the world. What would you say right now to the people, some of them are watching, who prayed for you while you were in prison?
1: Thank you, Todd. I am so thankful to all those people who have prayed for me and for my Sudanese brothers uh, who were with me in prison. Uh, We were so encouraged uh, uh, when we heard about their prayers. Uh, We were so encouraged by uh, not only prayers that we heard about, by actions that many Christians did. Uh, People are writing uh, uh, letters to various embassies uh, of Sudan around the world. And I had this privilege uh, when I'm traveling around the world and meeting with those people who prayed for me. I come as a living proof. Their prayers have been answered. Quite often, I have tears in my eyes They have tears in their eyes when we can see face to face and we can see how uh, amazing our Lord is and how sovereign he is when he allows us to go through this time of persecution. The
0: last question I have for you, Peter, is if you pray differently now for Christians in prison than you did before you went to prison yourself, have your prayers for persecuted Christians changed after you had the experience of 445 days in prison yourself?
1: I can say that I was so encouraged uh, to find out about the prayers that people from my own church, people from uh, the Voice of the Martyrs from various countries were praying for me uh, because I could see the immediate impact of those prayers. That was in the time when I was wondering why Lord, why do I have this privilege that I can fall asleep in the noisy cell, surrounded by the enemies of the Gospel, and yet uh, not knowing, uh, literally not knowing from which side they will hit me or kick me or use the wooden stick and beat me, and yet being able to fall asleep peacefully. This was such an amazing revelation to me. At first I should say that uh, I got convicted by Holy Spirit. You know, quite often some people ask me, Peter, uh, would you pray for me? I have such and such problem. And I used to say, you know, without uh, any problem saying, yes, yes, I will keep you in my prayers. But I realized how often I was just saying it, but I was not doing it. And I was literally convicted by Holy Spirit uh, that uh, it just became a social Christian phrase to tell someone, yes, I will keep you in my prayers, but I was not faithfully doing it. You know, we served an omnipotent, omnipresent, omnipresent and omniscient God who doesn't need us. He can help those persecuted brothers and sisters on his own. But yet we serve the Lord that is the Lord of fellowship and he wants to hear from us. And after that, after realizing how effective the prayers from my own church that made me able to sleep each night at 9 p.m., I made a commitment, when I will be released, I will continue to encourage other brothers and sisters to pray for the persecuted church and give them some evidences of how effective the prayer can be. So, uh, when someone asks me for prayers, I'm uh, very cautious uh, when I say, yes, I will keep in my prayers, uh, uh, because I know that this is a great commitment that when we say that, that we also need to do that. And the Lord wants us to pray for the persecuted Christians. And I would like to encourage you also to do that Uh, faithfully, and I'm sure that when you will do that, the Lord will show you what else you can do to encourage those who are in prison through letter or to write a letter to their persecutors or to uh, do something else in order to help our brothers and sisters. And if you were touched by my story, if you were touched by stories of other persecuted Christians, if even you had tears in your eyes when you heard a persecution story for, uh, from someone who suffered a lot, that's a good evidence that you belong to the same body of Christ, to his church. That when one part of the body suffers, that the whole body feels the pain. That's a wonderful uh, that you can uh, be a praying tool You can pray for the persecuted but you can also do something and you can also be the voice of those voiceless people.
0: Peter Jasik is reminding us about the power of prayer. When he was in prison, he knew brothers and sisters all around the world were praying specifically for him. If you'd like to engage in that kind of prayer for those in prison today and other persecuted Christians, I hope you'll sign up at ICommitToPray.com. Once you sign up, you'll get new prayer requests by email every week, so you can always be praying for current needs among our persecuted brothers and sisters. Again, that website is ICommitToPray.com, or we'll give you a link in the show notes this week at VOMRadio.net. VOMRadio.net is also where you can hear more from our guest today, Peter Jacek. He has an amazing story and so many spiritual insights about his time in a Sudanese prison. You'll be encouraged to trust the Lord more deeply when you face difficulties, when you listen to Peter's story. Again, you can hear it at vomradio.net. Richard Wormbrand, the founder of The Voice of the Martyrs, had a big influence on Peter Yasek. Next week, we're going to learn more about Richard, By hearing from the editor who worked with him for many years on his books as well as on early editions of The Voice of the Martyrs magazine, she has quite a story to tell. So I hope you'll be back with us next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.